Hello, and welcome to Drunk on DCOMs, uh, a podcast where we subject ourselves to some of the worst movies ever made. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm Jory. I'm Hi, so Jory. <laughs> That's Adam. We have a guest again. We do. Hello. Amelia, once again, you join us for a Halloween film that didn't come out around Halloween. It did not really seem very Halloween-ish to me. Yeah, I think we may have forced her into a movie that maybe <laughs> wasn't a Halloween movie. Came out in November. I think there are a lot of moments of, like, something not scary happens, and, like, a character does, like, a look that's like, oh, no, something scary happened. They had the Phantom of the Opera organ sounds a lot, they and did. they had an evil laughter a lot. They did. I'm not clear on where that was coming from in the universe. I think just the soundtrack. I don't think it was. Oh, okay, so they yeah. weren't hearing that. No. Or in the kids' heads. Oh, it could <laughs> be in the kids' heads. Mm-hmm. If okay. anything, Amelia got out of Invisible Sister, so mm, made her. So honestly, this was in be- this was better than Invisible Sister. Yeah, so. this was better than Invisible Sister. You lucked out on Invisible yeah. Sister. Yeah, this was not painful. No, this is the definition of not painful. I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. Okay. Let Let me hop right in here because I'm recapping. Um. So we've got the main character, whose name I've already forgotten. Pete. Pete. Thank you. Pete is an assistant manager at his local multiplex megaplex it doesn't matter which is hosting uh which is hosting a hollywood premiere i don't know where we are in the world Mm -hmm. california not los angeles though Mm -hmm. is it california i assume it's california but they just got people from california well they came there in limos from la so it's pretty close i would imagine that checks out okay so they're hosting the premiere of a film that was filmed in their town and they're at a megaplex that is built on the site of a former movie theater that was mm-hmm. demolished. And uh, people, there's a legend that it's haunted, pretty much. Yep. And uh, Mickey Rooney, legendary Hollywood actor, uh, is in this. Yeah, why? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he plays Movie Mason, uh, a guy who I kind of feel like was added after the script was written. I have a theory why he was in this movie, which I will get into later. Okay. Um, but he just kind of hangs around and is is fun. I like Mickey Rooney. Um, yeah. Yeah. And Me too. So then basically you got like 12 supporting characters who work at the movie theater. They're all unnecessary. Far None too of them many. do anything. Mm-mm. And uh, you've got the manager whose name is Sean McGibbon. He kept saying McGibbon. He did keep saying Sean McGibbon. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, He sucks. Yeah. He he, he comes on camera and immediately he sucks. Yeah. He's freaking out. Um, I'm trying to... So... Oh, and then you've also got... There's a lot of characters in this movie. Too many characters. A typical Disney Channel original movie has like five people tops. And then a lot of teens or preteens just kind of like hanging around. Mm-hmm. This has like 13 named characters. So you've also got simultaneously, you've got a story involving uh, the main characters, Pete, Pete's younger brother and sister, who are both really into movies. Mm-hmm. And you've got Pete's mom, who's dating a guy named George. 
and the whole family really wants them to get married. And like nice. the kids are real invested in mm-hmm. this. I I, need, I want to talk about the kids in this movie later. That's also okay. a thing that I'm gonna okay put a pin in. Keep that, going. Okay, cool. So they go. So the kids go to the movies on the night of the premiere because they're still having they're still showing movies on the night of the premiere. It makes no sense. Makes no sense. Yeah. So uh, things start to go wrong in each movie. The thing that goes wrong is tied to the movie itself. Like in a movie about a tornado, an industrial fan is somehow <laughs> rolled to the front of the theater. Blowing and, people away. That's how just, strong industrial fans are. They can just like blow you out of movie theater seats. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. No. Um, but stuff like that is happening. There's a weird subplot involving a movie sitter. What was it? Cinema sitter. That sounds right. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that subplot. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. It comes up like twice. Yeah. And then just completely disappears. Yeah. Thank goodness. Thank goodness, because it's weird and bad. Right. Uh, so things just keep going wrong, and they think it's the Phantom of the Megaplex, and everyone thinks it's Movie Mason, uh, even though it's very obviously not things that a probably eighty-five-year-old Mickey Rooney would be capable of doing. I thought it was him till the end. <laughs> they were like, it couldn't be Movie Mason because of X, Y, Z. And I was like, nah, it's him. It's still Movie Mason. I thought the same thing. <laughs> How would Movie Mason have pushed the industrial fan? I don't know. Put it on wheels. It is on wheels. Well, then he just would have rolled it. He's just a spry old man. Yes. He's not. He doesn't have any neck movement because every time he's looking up, instead of tipping his head back, it's his whole little body just cranked back (laughs) and his gaze raised slightly. He doesn't have a lot of neck going on. That's true. People Uh, talk about Mickey Rooney as being a part of the golden age of Hollywood. And if I've learned anything about Hollywood in that era, it's that it sucked. For anyone who was involved in it. Just yeah. awful. Remember the when you made me go see Judy? Uh-huh. The movie about Judy Garland? It was a rough the, movie. There's that scene with rough. Mickey Rooney? No. A, a young Mickey Rooney? No. Mm-hmm. Judy I Garland? Okay, so you also saw the movie Judy. I didn't see it in theaters, but I watched it, correct? Yeah. Not in theaters. I thought it was going to be Oscar fodder. I did not enjoy it that wasn't. movie at all. <laughs> um, there's a scene with a young Mickey Rooney and they're just like staring at food that they can't eat. Oh yeah. Yeah. She, and it's, yeah. Yeah. And he's like mean to her. Right. Yeah. Like, he says some pretty nasty stuff. He wasn't uh, super nice yeah. to her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Messed up. Shame. So, uh, he also has been married. How many times Jory? Eight. That's what Whoa. I want to talk about. I'm just, you brought it up. So I'm going to interject. Yeah, interject. Really I think he did this movie cause he owed somebody some uh whatchamacallit when you owe people money for alimony alimony he owed somebody alimony and he did not have enough and he was like you know what i'm 80 years old i'm just gonna do this stupid disney movie and i'm gonna pay my alimony out of it and that's exactly what he did in his defense he steers into this like he he commits i will give him credit when he does even when he did movies when he was older i don't know do you remember the night at the museum the original night at the museum he's funny in that Wait, who is he in that? The whole plot of Night at the Museum is those three old guards retire. Oh, he's one of the guards. Him and Dick Van Dyke, right? <gasps> yes, him and Dick Van Dyke, and I can't remember the other man. But there's three older guards, and they retire, and they know what's going on, and they're trying to steal yeah. 
the tablet to sell yeah. it because mm-hmm. and they're okay. trying to make sure none of the museum comes back to life but at one point he looks at ben stiller's character and we used to say like my family used to say it to each other all the time and he says something like let me tell you what cracker jack and it's so funny <laughs> and we're like, like, we cracker jack for like a really long time because it was really funny so like he yeah. does like even movies where the role is not like super big he, even when he was older he was still yeah. pretty funny yeah uh he was also a victim of elder abuse so it's possible <laughs> he was doing these movies because of elder abuse. Was he? He was. That's depressing and sad. I saw I'm that on because the... I think it's funny. I'm like, yeah, letting air out of my lungs because that's sad for this old yeah. man. I, I saw that on the NBC nightly news when I was like 13, and I don't know who I didn't know who Mickey Rooney was at the time, but it stuck with me. And so I'm pretty sure that's a true fact. <laughs> Is the elder abuse just that somebody else was like his POA and like forced him to keep working real long? I'm pretty sure I just saw the story and didn't actually watch it. Oh, okay. I'll look it up. Let's get through the plot and then we can talk about yeah, elder so, abuse. Okay. Things keep going wrong. Uh, the mom and George have a weird conversation about plants mixing. Uh, yeah, to say whether or not they want to get married. To say whether or not they get married. It's very, it's full of very, very thinly veiled metaphors. Uh, and then the premiere shows up. Things continue to go wrong. Uh, everybody gets water balloons on them, like dump, dunk, dunk. Yeah. Uh, and then is dry in the next scene. Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. There's, oh, there's also a subplot. There's a lot of subplots here uh, involving the main character, Pete, uh, trying to get with a girl uh, who he scored tickets to the premiere for. And she also has a different guy who wants to go to the, or who's trying to date her. Well, the bully is into her. Yeah. But I don't know if he's really into her, if he's just into Pete and is trying to get everything that Pete has. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what Pete thinks. But I don't know if that's true. Um, so basically, that's that's about it. Th- things continue to happen, but that's the main main thrust of it. Yeah. Um, eventually, the big climactic moment is a bunch of inflatable dinosaurs, and also uh, an ape. I think two block, apes, one dinosaur. Two, two apes, one dinosaur. Block. The block the exits in the theater. Does this theater not have emergency exits, by the way? Mm-mm, they're right. stuck. Yeah. There was a uh, fire done for. And Pete grabs a sword from the stone, which is mm-hmm. in the lobby for some reason. Is there a King Arthur thing going on? I don't know. A lot of things don't make sense in this movie. A, yeah, a lot of things don't make sense in this movie. And he jumps off the top of the. He jumps off the balcony, where there were people, but those mm-hmm. people aren't there anymore. Uh, and stabs the. Oh, it's a dragon, isn't it? No, it's like a dino. It's almost like a Godzilla type. Okay. Because I think that yeah. The, yeah. He stabs it a bunch. It doesn't matter. It's a metal sword that was in the lobby, and yeah. then and then he fights uh, the Phantom of the Megaplex, and it's revealed it is Sean McGibbon. Yeah, the manager, because he's just bitter that the guy who owns the theater never learned his name. That's right. <laughs> and that's the so, whole thing. It's really, there's lots of like little plot points, but I'd say you hit the major ones and yeah. a lot of it's not important. No, but also, you know, it is important. These kids are somehow in a union. 
Yeah, we need to talk about how they casually mentioned that these 17-year-olds are all in a union. Who unionized them? <laughs> That's the movie I want. I yeah. want the movie where we radicalize and unionize these 17-year-olds. <laughs> Workers of the world unite. But their union is not very powerful because they... Clearly not. It's a good point. ...work through... They don't get breaks and they don't get meals they're, and they get yelled at by their superiors all the time. Their one supervisor cancels all breaks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Who's the union lead? Who's representing them? Yeah. I assume that it's Pete as the assistant manager, but at that point, I think, I think it's Racy Lacy. Okay, it's Racy Lacy because Pete, with the assistant management title, then does he exit the union and That's exist? A great question. Right. I don't think they understand how unions work at Disney because they're not allowed to have them there. No, no definitely not. not. No. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So, what do you, you had a couple of things you wanted to talk about? First, we talked about Mickey Rooney, but go ahead. Talked about Mickey Rooney. We'll go back. I want to talk about the kids. Yeah. The kids in this movie are just the most unrealistic representation of 17-year-olds I have ever seen from mm -hmm. beginning to end. Yes. They love their jobs. They're mm -hmm. very dedicated to working at a movie theater. When things go wrong, they immediately address issues. <laughs> as if their like, job depends on it. Yes. I was 17 once. Those are not things that mm -hmm. I did when I was 17. Those are not things 17-year-olds with jobs do. No. Like, so you have this unrealistic like scene of like responsible 17-year-olds. Yes. All of them. You know, like some of them have like quirks, but they're all generally like responsible and enjoy their jobs. They all have a quirk, a yes. single quirk. A single quirk. Yeah. But yeah, you're very correct. They see a problem and they 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 actually do something about it. Mm -hmm. whereas the typical 17-year-old sees a problem, looks around to make sure no one saw them see the problem, and goes in the exact opposite direction. Mm -hmm. Shove it under the rug. That yes. popcorn machine's overflowing, you shove that shit under the rug, and you're like, mm -hmm. I will worry about that popcorn. Never. I will yeah. never worry about that popcorn again. Yeah. My shift up. ends in three hours. Yep. This is the next shift's problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, then you get this, it, it continues into them being like, we love our new stepdad. Mom, why won't you marry George? So like, weird. it seems nice. But most kids aren't like that. Mm -mm. Also, this goes way against the trope of yeah. kids that hate the step, or the, the potential stepdad. They went That's, too far in the other direction. They really did. <laughs> yeah. They love George. And he doesn't do a ton to earn it. He does nothing. He yeah. seems to be perfectly nice, but we see very little of him. And mostly what we see of him, well, first off, his and the mom's date is them driving around in his vehicle. I don't think they ever get out of it. Nope. And, no. And he, all he ever does is talk about how he's not sure that he wants to uproot both of their lives to get married. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, may, maybe he's a perfectly nice man, but like, I don't know, if I'm 17 years old, I'm not going to be like, I love my mom's new boyfriend because Weird. he's because he's nice to me sometimes. Like, I want you to marry him so bad, Mom. Also, he's an right. English teacher. Like, he doesn't even have, like, a sick job, like, pro athlete. Right. Right. Yeah. That's like, it's not like they shouldn't like him. Sure. They yeah. can like him. But I don't think they should like him that much. They should be like, yeah, George seems pretty nice. You can yeah. marry him if you want, Mom. Whatever. George, George is fine. He took us to the movies last week. We like the movies. Yeah, but we could have gone without him, we, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, either way. Would have been better if he took us bowling. Yes. Eh, no, not these kids. No, these, 
this is another one. This is very much Alley Cat Strike and another mm-hmm. thing where these kids are just obsessed with the movies. Like, they yeah. don't know how to write a kid who just likes something. Mm-hmm. You have to be obsessed with it. You'd be like, movies are my life. Like, I like yeah. the movie theaters as a kid. Mm-hmm. But I didn't, I don't know. Like, I didn't just reference movies all the time as if it was my only hobby. Mm-hmm. This, I think this is, again, similar to Alley Cat Strike, a different dimension that these kids are in. And yeah. it's a dimension where TV doesn't exist and yeah. sports don't exist and video games don't exist. And literally the only thing you can do is go to the movies. And it's a great look on movie theater. It is. Right. I mean, teenagers keep it very clean. It's sort and, of like an arcade. Yeah. Yes. It's a very popular movie theater. Yeah. It's super cool. Like all the movies were like very crowded, even ones that like were apparently not like new movies. Like the theaters were all like had like they'd be like, I don't know, maybe we can save you a seat at university death or whatever the movie yeah. that middle sister was trying to go to. University yeah. of blood? University of Death, I think. Was it? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Or Death University or something. No. Yeah, I think in Death University. Yeah. And yet, whenever they would get up to go to the bathroom, the halls would be 100% empty. <laughs> yes. It was either packed to the max, like mm-hmm. past fire code in the hallway, or nobody was there whatsoever. Absolutely. And then the last, I, I would, um, this is the last one I'll go into. So at the end of the movie, Pete, who has been this like, uber responsible it's kind of a plot point that he works too much for a 17 year old he needs to get a life a little bit he's kind of got a girl who like is kind of his girlfriend the guy who owns the movie theater gives him 50 bucks it's midnight and he says take her to breakfast pete's shift is over he's got midnight to breakfast and his mom is like goodbye And his mom's like, see you after breakfast, I guess. And this 17-year-old goes, you know what would make this cooler? My two younger siblings. <laughs> no 17-year-old. Would, a 17-year-old who gets off of their shift at midnight, has a girlfriend, and mom does not expect them home until after breakfast, and has a car. And has a right. car, yeah. He's not going to be like, I'm just going to let my 13-year-old and 8-year-old siblings just like hang out right now. Unbelievable. Right. Also... That eight-year-old, you keep that eight-year-old up until midnight, and that eight-year-old's been running around all day. He's having and like, a meltdown on the yeah, way home. That eight-year-old is not having a good time. No. No, he's tired. He's so tired. Yes. I say that because that would be me. Even the actor yeah. looked tired. Like, the actor didn't really look like he was having fun at the end of the eight-year-old. No. Yeah. Let him go home. And mm-hmm. let- he can watch the movie. No, he can't watch it. There's no TV in this universe. You're right. But also, it's a scary movie. And the mom was pretty against scary movies. That's a great point. The mom was like, no, you can't see university or Death University or whatever. But then as soon as they're like, what about this one with the Godzilla monster? She's like, whatever. It's oh, midnight. Yeah. Going home with George. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't wait oh. up, kids. <laughs> also, George proposes. We didn't touch on that. Oh, Yeah. At the movie theater on a on a whim with no ring. Mickey Rooney gives him a ring. A prop ring. It's plastic. <laughs> I really feel like Mickey Rooney was added after the script was written. Yes. And they were like, hey, Mickey Rooney said he wants to be in one of these. Yeah. He definitely feels... Like that whole scene with him in the basement. Yep. It didn't feel like it was... It nope. just felt like... Like if I had to guess... I would guess that they trimmed the the bad guy, the bully part, 
to make space for Mickey Rooney because there's no culmination of that storyline. That guy just goes away and him and the girl don't have like a moment where they connect beyond the bow tie thing. Mm -hmm. It goes from like, she's got her arm around the bad guy as they walk into the movie theater. And then in the next scene, they're not together in the movie theater. He's in a different row and she's talking to Pete and like kind of flirting with Pete. And then all of us, and then like the scene after that, they are basically dating. It's a good point. I just don't, there, there were a lot of disjointed storylines that work kind of on the surface. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if you think about them too much, they all kind of fall apart. They could have definitely taken at least two storylines out of this movie. Yeah, they could yeah. have. Got going on. I would have gotten rid of uh, Racy Lacey yes. and uh, really maybe all of those people. I didn't understand why they had to give background on the characters who decided not to show up to work that night. They did do that. They, like, they, they made that. you learn about these characters who then 15 minutes later you find out they called off. <laughs> They're never in the rest of the movie. What a waste of time. I'm going make. I'm, I'm going to make a bet. I think that whoever wrote this movie, it was semi-autobiographical, and they were just describing people that they worked with. Maybe. Because having worked in a retail setting, there are certain characters that you just kind of encounter who you're like, man, if there was a movie about this place, this person would for sure be in it. Mm-hmm. And they just didn't want to edit out their, their friends from when they worked at a movie theater. Even when their friends didn't show up to work. Even, which is <laughs> right. a thing that, that people did a lot of the time. What, yeah. not show up to work? Not show up to work. Sure. And that totally makes sense. I don't think we've ever addressed this in the podcast, but Adam and I did work a retail job together before this. And I feel like if we ever tried to write something, it would totally be as disjointed as this movie. Yeah, it would be this movie. We wouldn't to throw too many things into it. Yeah, why, we don't need to write it. This movie really summed it up. Yeah. Yeah, it just doesn't make there sense. Was, there was even an assistant manager who was way too into their job. <laughs> if only there was a manager who was racist. <laughs> we would have gotten it all. Um, but (laughs) yeah I would just say yeah the unrealistic expectations or like the unrealistic portrayals of teenagers in this movie was one that just really got me Disney always does it but this one they just it was trying to be like this is what a good kid should be like he loves his job he loves his mom good and loves his siblings he's very nice to everybody yeah, this is a good weird. kid, and you're like, checks up on his younger sibling when it's not his job to do that at all. He okay. I'm gonna make a point too. The mom sends the kids to the movies and is like, "Your brother can drive you home on his break." On his break? Yeah, on his break. Oh, she says dear. on his break, mm-hmm. and he's fine with that. That would make me so mad mm-hmm. if I was a teenager and I was mm-hmm. committed to using my break. When I have to work until like 2 a.m. Right. For this movie. Mm-hmm. To drive my younger siblings home. That would make me so mad. And he's just like, that's fine. Let's talk about this girl I want to hang out with. <laughs> I'm keeping that PG. He but, wants to do more than hang out. I, but again, like, he's, 
you know, we're talking about the same kid who, at the end of the movie, could hang out with this girl from midnight until breakfast time. Yeah. <laughs> he chooses to keep his siblings with him. It's yeah. a panic move. Yeah, There's pure bad. panic in his eyes. He's he's <laughs> he's, 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 just, he's freaking out. He's freaking also, out, man. I did look up the like elder abuse stuff. Very sad. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. Rooney was abused by his eighth wife. And her, like, a stepson. And when he died, he only had $18,000 to his name. Oh, my. Someone who had, like, an incredibly iconic, like, Hollywood career. Yeah. Died with $18,000. Like, there's literally, like, interviews where, like, she would insist that she did interviews with him. And she would, like, kick him under the table very obviously if he said things. And, like... Yikes. He was very mistreated at the end of his life, which is... I think he testified sad. before How Congress. Sad. Mm-hmm. About what? Outer abuse. How could he have gotten the leeway to do that if he was married to his abuser until his death? I don't know. I don't know, because he was too... The crazy thing about his marriages is he was married eight times between 1945 and 1978. And then that lady he married in 1978, he stayed married to until he died in 2014. That's terrifying. And that was the one who was abusing him. Right. Yeah. So, like, he was with her for, you know, like, a pretty long time. Like, the longest time. 35 years-ish. Right. Wow. I mean, maybe the abuse was part of the reason, you know, he couldn't get out of it. Right. And I feel like that's exactly what it was. Mm -hmm. It's a real shame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can we pivot to something happier? Yeah. Let's, what something happy in this movie? Um. <laughs> the big balloons were fun. Big balloons were fun. The Godzillas and things. Yeah. All right. We have. So, what did we think of this movie? <laughs> let's just let's just pivot to that. Yeah, we can just wrap it up. I feel like yeah. we've talked enough about this. Same. What are we rating this out of? Ah, uh, ooh. Big we could also read Phantoms. Hmm. Phantoms of the Megaplex. <laughs> Two on the nose? Two on the nose. Uh, it doesn't <laughs> matter to me. It doesn't matter to me. Um, How about we rate it out of random King Arthur swords in the lobby? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like that. Swords into the stone. Yeah, it seems like that was a long-running contest, and if you could pull the sword out of the stone, you got free tickets for life or something. What is that going to get for a year? It was a year. I think it was a year, wasn't it? Yeah, but only one out of every ten thousand pools did it. So, like, they really weren't giving up that much. No, but everybody gets like eight pools. They're letting all those people pool more than once. I I feel like it would add up. Is all I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, maybe it's less the actual pools and more. There maybe there's a mechanism when the person steps up onto the rock. Mm, they're could like, be. "All right, there's person number one," you know, and they just yeah. people. Oh, that could work. I don't know. Okay, how many? Uh, out of ten or out of five? I don't remember. What have we done this historically? Ten. Out of ten? Yeah, because we had a real dispute a couple weeks ago, <laughs> and now I've forgotten already. Okay, yeah, out of ten. Am I going first? Everybody's looking at me. Okay. Um. I'm gonna give this. I'm gonna give this a five out of ten. You <laughs> always take my score every Look, time. I'm not copying him. I swear. Like again, like I said, this when I say not painful, 
like straight down the middle yeah. with the comms is where I am. This this was in some ways a strike for me. Calling back to my other favorite film we've talked about. This was <laughs> an alley cat strike. Huh. Yeah. What would you give this? I was thinking I'd give it a four because mm-hmm. it wasn't quite average, but maybe it's just that I have not watched enough decoms. Of the <laughs> films, that's... if yeah. this was if we if if Disney Channel original movies ended between if this was like the the number one movie according to the list we're going off of, mm-hmm. this would be a ten out of ten. Like I give it a five because I'm assuming it gets better later. I hope uh, now looking at the list. Uh, you know, to the audience, aka yeah. my mom, brace yourselves because yeah. I think it does get slightly worse again after well, this. I agree. Who made this list? Somebody who doesn't appreciate Mickey Rooney. I do want to make a call out. Now, the person who made this list might just be like screwing with us. Yeah. But in the review, they write the Phantom turns out to be Mick- Mickey Rooney, and it's kind of sad to watch, honestly. What? So either they're screwing with us. Or I the think person who made this list one. did not watch all these movies. I think it's obvious to the second one. one. I think they watched the first 30 minutes because about 30 minutes in, the guy who is the bad guy, who is the Phantom, says, obviously, it's movie Marv. Right. So I'm going to shout out to Vulture, hire us, because we're actually watching all of these godforsaken movies. Yeah. <laughs> so bad. Like, I'm not just, we are not just watching the first 30 minutes. We're watching all hour and a half freaking Disney Channel original movies. Please hire us. We will write you a list. This is a half-assed list. I think so. Honestly, if I only watched the first 30 minutes of every one of these movies, I would probably have a similar list. Yeah. I do. I think this person, the first time you and I hit the space bar to see how far along we are is when this person jumps. Oh, that's that's a great point. Yeah. They only watched five minutes of Can of Worms. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And that's why it's so high up, because it should be the dead last movie. Yes. Sure seems like it. That's the one where there's, like, alien boogers, right? Yes. It's the worst movie I've ever seen. Like, she would, that person, I think it's a, I can't remember the person's name, but they would have only made it to the point where like there wasn't a booger alien an alien <laughs> covered in booger slime which made me nauseous yes. of course they put it higher up on the list of yes. course they did yes. i didn't even like to be in the same apartment when that movie was on <laughs> no they don't have a complex rating scale of themes based on the four big themes kidnapping basketball uh science experiment gone wrong and What's the fourth one? I don't remember, but I just realized something else. I know why Radio Rebel was last. It's because they didn't have access to it. Because it's yes. not on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> That's exactly it. Um, I'm telling you, I don't believe that this person... Oh, a prom slash dance. How could I forget? Obviously. By the way, this had a kidnapping, even if it was a fake kidnapping. We should just get oh, that out there. Right. Yeah, it had it had a kidnapping. Um, I did put oh. it in my list. And... I, I just don't know. Like, I feel like they wouldn't even understand my themes list because they don't no. get me. They don't get what I'm going for here. No. 
and they're not even trying. And Vulture, hire us. Pay me. I don't know how much how much you want to pay me. How much do Actually, a, probably how much, like fifty? Bucks. I was going to say how much does a freelance writer at Vulture make? Probably. I'll take fifty bucks. I would write a better review than whatever this person did. Adam and I would because yeah, we actually watch stupid movies. And then we get 25 bucks each. You should just charge minimum wage by the hour for all the time that it's taking you to watch all these movies, look, plus the writing. If you we, might think. If we each get 25 bucks each, we can we have exactly as much money as what's his Pete had to go get breakfast. <laughs> and we can go get breakfast. You're and, underselling yourself though, because inflation, it's more money to get breakfast now. Yeah, that's true. But also I don't want to go out and eat breakfast. We have to get it to go. Yeah, it's and it's a pandemic still. Yeah. Okay. Well, I feel like we, we learned some things tonight. <laughs> I do too. Uh, we'll be back next week to watch and talk about Kim Possible. I have the lowest of expectations, and I still feel like they won't be met. Yes. Also, from now on, I'm going to like draw a line at the 30-minute mark and see how I feel about the movie then. Because I'm going to continue Bro. to come to the conclusion that the person from Vulture only watched the first 30 minutes of every movie. That's brilliant. That I is feel a great like idea. we've uncovered a conspiracy that needs more examination. Is Vulture going to come after us for this? Are we going to get sidetracked with Vulture? <laughs> <laughs> Big Vulture. All right. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.